Hey, welcome to another edition of Dream Stories Podcast. We're glad to have you back. I got another week without Lisa in the studio, but I have a special guest with me, a very special guest with me this week. I've got my sister, Renee, who is here for uh, to share about one of the dreams you had. Had a good one. Yes, she did. So we're looking forward to taking some time this morning as we're recording. See, I never know what I'm saying because the podcast comes out in the morning, but sometimes we record in the evening, sometimes we record in the morning, so sometimes I'm saying, okay, we're looking forward to this evening, and then it broadcasts in the morning, so I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it it's, it's morning, we're recording, and when it will come out. So okay. we're looking forward this morning to talking about I am too. your dreams. So. so this is the first time I've got you uh recording something and yeah. talking about things in a public way, but we've yes. had Amanda, your daughter-in-law yeah. on, and maybe some of the other family. Can't I can't remember. remember. I know we had Amanda. Yeah, I know Amanda. We didn't get Amanda when the uh, video was running. Though. We no, to make her come back. audio. Yeah, we'll have to make her come back and get on film. Yeah, that's what I told her. She <laughs> needs to come back. All right, so we, we've been talking about uh, various things in connection with dreams for the last uh, several weeks on some just sort of interesting topics. And you called me the other day and had a dream that I thought was really good for people because it both had some things in it that were, were interesting for people to, to, to learn about. And it was really, really significant for you. But it was one of those kind of dreams that, that I think people have a lot but don't talk about, which is a dream that seemed very scary or uncomfortable in the beginning, just waking up from the dream, but then understanding it changed it completely. So I thought Indeed. it'd be really cool to talk about it. You want to just share and and tell the dream first? and Sure. Then... First of all, I very seldom dream. If I dream, I don't remember it. But I remember, it's been about three weeks, but I remember this dream vividly, every minute of it. I've not forgotten one thing about it. Mm-hmm. And that's significant to me that I haven't forgotten anything. <clears throat> Excuse me. But in the dream, I was in a place that was frozen, completely frozen, but it was a playground. They were like water slides and tunnels, and, uh, but there was solid ice, smooth. You know, children, right. adults alike were sliding down the slides, uh, going through tunnels, playing, screaming, having a good time. And I can remember... Uh, one of my granddaughters, Avery, I saw her go down this big ice slide, and they would go through tunnels. And when she went through the tunnel, Dodge, one of my grandsons, was in the tunnel. I could hear him talking and squealing along with her. But now on the far side of this ice playground, there was a sheer ice wall. And people were starting at the top and just sliding down that wall. And as they would come down the wall it would turn into like a ski jump, and mm-hmm. it would just another big slide. Well, at one point, there was a girl, she had on a backpack type thing, and she was sliding down this wall, and she got hung on something. And I kept thinking, well, why don't she just wiggle off of it? It's just ice, you know, and go on down. But she couldn't get off of it, and so they had to call the fire rescue, police, you know, everybody out there to try and get this girl off the wall. Well, as she was hanging there, and the rescue people were there, I turned suddenly, just turned to my right. And as I turned to my right, I was totally transformed. I was turned into a beautiful, it was me, but my hair was long and rolled back like they did like in Scarlett O'Hara days, you know. And I had on a, 
a blue velvet evening dress off the shoulder, long sleeves, and had a long trail behind it. And there was a staircase. Now, the staircase was suspended, had no rails, nothing holding it up, and it was curved. And I started up the stairway, and all of a sudden, I'm getting choked up. Mm -hmm. I felt like I knew that there was something waiting on me up there. And as I ascended the curved stairway, I held out my hand, and like I was waiting for somebody to maybe take my hand. Well, when I got to the top of the stairway, there was a bed laying there, and it was black. And I thought, why? You know, what is this, a black bed? Well, suddenly I saw a figure move on the bed. Mm-hmm. And it was more like an emotion. I felt it more than saw it. And I had my hand out, and this figure raised his head. And I took my hand, and I cupped his face very gently. And when I cupped his face, again, it was more like an emotion. I could see eyes, but I couldn't see eyes. Mm -hmm. I felt it more than saw it. And he looked up at me, and he said, Renee, I love you. And I looked down at him, and I said, I know. I know you do, and I love you too. And that's how the dream ended. Well, when I woke up, I was laying there in the bed, and I thought, oh, wow. That was very emotional to me. I thought, I'm not going to remember this in the morning. I'm going to lay here, and I'm going to think about it for a while. And as I recalled the dream over and over before I went back to sleep, every time I got to that part, it was just so emotional to me that I lay there, and tears just flowed every time I would think about this being. saying, Renee, I love you. Yeah. But that's it, basically. But I've never, it's been about three weeks since I had it, and I've not forgotten one thing. What I think is interesting is you're talking about trying to um, not remember your dreams a lot. So realizing you needed to remember that dream, and you wanted to remember that dream, and going back through it and sort of crying each time you reach that same point. And when you told it to me on the phone that day, you were crying trying to tell me that point. And then here we are three weeks later, and when you go through that point in the dream, seeing this person on the bed, you're still te- if you're if you're watching, you know she's tearing up. If you're listening to it on the uh, uh, audio version of the podcast, that may not know you're still tearing up and doing. I mean, I think you did pretty doggone good not to burst out completely crying. I so, have. Yep. So it's really neat, and what I love too is that you know it seems like that dream, and this is one of the reasons I told you some of the things I did about it. We'll get to in just a minute, but. The, Every time you share that dream, it almost feels like you relive it. And every time, because when you were telling it to me on the phone, you could feel the emotion of sharing the dream and the emotion builds. The first part of the dream doesn't carry as much emotion as the second part does. And then today, same thing. You could see that emotion building as you're sharing it. And when, when you're having a dream and that, 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 that weight of the dream uh, stays with you, it lingers with you, it, or it just keeps coming back when you're um, sharing about it. We talked a couple, three weeks ago, Lisa and I talked about encounters in dreams and, and encountering people, encountering angels, spiritual beings, etc. When you're having an encounter like that, it's often that weight you're feeling is what part of what is telling you the difference between 
a person in the dream just being a metaphor. Like last week, we talked about some celebrities, some movie stars and musicians that were in a young man's dream. They were just metaphors. They, there was not the kind of weight that you're feeling. There wasn't the kind of emotion you're feeling. But when you feel those things, you get more of the sense of, of an encounter, an experience, kind of like there's something more than a dream. And that's really what dreams are about. We cross the line between uh, uh, life, reality, and the world, and the spiritual dimension. It's like uh, it's almost like science fiction. You cross through a doorway into another dimension, not the twilight zone, <laughs> but into another dimension. So it's really neat. Now, Help me out so as we work our way through it, because we've already talked about it, and I sort of know some things and what I told you about it. But help me out. When you woke up, it, <clears throat> it, wor- it, it was deeply emotional, but the dream also worried you. What were you yeah. thinking about that dream when you first woke up? I thought, I'm about to die. I'm going home. Yeah. I'm going to see Jesus. So you had a sense, a sense and a feeling that the person in the bed was God or was Jesus, or did you just – Feel like out of the dream as a whole. I felt like out of the dream as a whole that I was going home because it was the end of the pathway. Gotcha. Okay. So different metaphors will speak in different ways to different people. And so that's why I wanted to find out what was it about it that made you feel that way. And the end of the pathway. That's a great a great metaphor. It's the end of your journey. You had the whole journey through life. The The adventure on the ice, the children playing, rescuing, good things, joys, tragedies and sorrows, things that looked, uh, things that that weren't as bad as as people thought they were, things that looked worse than they were, all that's come about, and then things change, it makes you feel like it's the end of a journey. Uh, And I think what's cool is that it is in the sense of an end of a journey, and we talked about that a little bit. It's about a transition, a shift for some things for you. But it's not about the end of your life's journey. It was about moving into a place where uh, there was a deeper, more intimate encounter or relationship with God. You know, uh, not everybody who watches our podcast or listens are Christians. So I always try and make sure a faith base for both of us in this conversation is we're both Christians. And so for you, it was it was an encounter with Jesus type thing. Now, you don't know that in the dream necessarily, but there are things in it that bring that to pass. When, when you're in the first part of the dream, because we're going to get to the interpretation as, as we go through, but I like just sort of walking through for people to learn things about it with. When you're in the first part of the dream in the ice area and the kids are playing, help me understand, because you didn't specifically speak to emotions during that time. Did you have like emotional feelings or feelings in that part of the dream, or was it more like – what a lot of people think of a dream, just a, a little bit more detached. I don't know which one it was. No, there. I didn't feel detached from that part of the dream. Okay. I felt happy. Okay. Watching the kids slide and squeal and play. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then I got concerned about the girl right. hanging on the ice ledge. Mm-hmm. Why didn't she just fall off? Yep, you know, and just slide down. Slide, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so there you've got what I would equate to natural emotions things that are naturally popping up in relationship to what's happening around you. Concern, where concern was needed. Happiness, watching the, the grandkids, my, my great niece and great nephew. And which, by the way, guys, if you didn't catch that, I got 
two great nephews. You know we live in Alabama in the South because one is named Dodge and the other's named Colt. So it's <laughs> gotta be Southern United States. So but but you you get this just this normal not that it was a good feeling, but it was just a normal response to the circumstances. But that shifted when you got into the the house or the bout and go up the balcony. That was not a normal emotion because the way you even describe it doesn't sound that way. What was how would you say it was different? Is there any can you equate the emotion in that part of the dream to anything you've experienced or was it almost like a or was it beyond a normal feeling? It I, was I'm, way beyond a normal feeling. Okay. Because I've never dressed like that. I've mm-hmm. never looked like that. Mm-hmm. And but I knew in the dream that it was me. Right. You know. But it was just like I just turned from playtime to this, the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was reaching for something. I knew that there was something there, just didn't know what. Yep. Going into the unknown, climbing up a staircase that had no rails, it was suspended. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a little bit of danger there to it. It's, it's not a comfortable process to walk in. But what's cool to me is you just had the experience with seeing the young girl caught on the ice thinking, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Yes, they're needing to be rescued, but why? It's not that dangerous. Into a new place where it's almost like you've got to experience something you've never experienced before. You've got to press through a place that obviously whoever's at the top of the stairs doesn't bother them, you know. Yeah. But for you, it was, hey, the staircase is suspended. There's no rails. There's some tension that's built. And I don't mean tension in a negative way. I mean tension as in storybook tension tension that's building for this moment that's coming so i I really like so many different things about the dream and how it impacted you but also what we can learn from it when um so so that transition from kind of normal emotions to almost supernatural emotions and from kind of normal expectations and feelings of what's going on around you, kind of logically looking at it, you know, why didn't she just go ahead and slide down? Yes, everybody's playing into the place where you're now the kind of take your breath a little bit, kind of how do I respond to this? All is talking about transition. For anybody individually, you could have any number, any one of those things could say that you've crossed a line in the dream, into and 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 it be metaphorical of a, a personal transition uh, in life, not to death as you originally thought, but but some place of transition. Because you're talking about a, uh, and we I think we talked about this when you called. This is about your spiritual journey. This is about your life, yes, but it's really about your spiritual life and the journey that you're on in growing in your spiritual. Uh, walk in your spiritual experience and I of course by the time I get to it because we we want to look at every piece of it when we're doing it as a podcast everybody's already figured out what happens at the end and who it is that's there and and why it's important because we've given the little clues but you might be surprised. but yeah but <laughs> but you had no clue in the dream and even waking up you have no clue how significant that is because you start with just basic stuff what was it about the first part? Because we're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna push this just a little bit further, and then we're gonna come to the real 
part of it. But what was it about the first part of the dream? The emotions were more natural, normal. The uh, wasn't as I guess you might say elegant. It was a normal setting, except for ice. Uh, but what was it that stood? What stood out to you? If you picked one or two things in that first scene, what stood out? The first scene was, you you know these water slides that you go and okay, mm-hmm. this is what it was kind of like, but they weren't high up on rid on stands. They were built into the ground, mm-hmm. and everything was just smooth as mm-hmm. glass, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot of color, mm-hmm. blues and purples. Yep, and. Uh, Okay. Colors of the ice, but except that wall. Now, the wall was more red. Right. Okay. And that's where the person got caught. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what, what, and I, I don't think we talked about this when you and I talked, but what is interesting to me and what I think part of that dream is saying there is that your journey in life, you've had some issues, you've had things that have been difficult, you've seen joys, you've seen challenges. But basically, that first part is saying that things have actually been really smooth. They may feel difficult, but the imagined risks are probably have been greater than the actual risks. The girl who is really not in as much danger as maybe she thought she was on there imagines the danger being better, bigger than it is because you can see it oh, yeah. from excuse me from the outside. You can see it. Yeah, it's not as big a deal. And part of what that tells you is where you've been, the things you've been going through, the things you've been dealing with. They're probably not as big as they feel like they are. I can't remember specifically what we talked about it be that first part of that dream being directly. What did what did we you talk talked about? about it being a period in my life? You know where I had had fun. I had had good times, mm-hmm. but it was time to move on to something more serious. Right. So see, what I, this is another thing I want people to understand. Every time you hear a dream, every time you share a dream, there's, it's, it's like peeling an onion with dreams. Every time you're looking at it and asking your creator for, for understanding of the dream, which is how we approach it, you get little pieces, little layers of understanding. And I think that first one, you know, it's been fun, it's been enjoyable, you've had responsibilities, but it's a new season. Mm-hmm. It's right. But I also think it's also saying where you've been has not been as bad as it seemed at times. Things That's have true. been smoother than you realize. You've had a much smoother journey spiritually and naturally than it feels like even is also true for what the first part of that dream is speaking to. And... uh the, the 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 move the shift then comes with what's next and for various reasons people can think you know a lot of times people uh, they feel like they're dying in a dream they wake up and think well I must be gonna die or someone they know passes away in a dream they feel well that person's gonna die but a lot of that feeling has to do with um hitting a point in time where you realize that something in you is dying, not that you're dying. Something So that feeling wasn't wrong in the dream because a lot of times we talk about this idea of dying to ourself, yeah. dying to our ideas, 
dying to our feelings. And so you are dying to those kind of things. So the, I, I tell people all the time, remember the feelings you have in a dream because, and what you felt like it was about because that's important. But here I'm saying you felt like you, you your time on earth might be coming to an end. No, disregard that because it's not correct. Well, that seems to con- contradict. Trust what you feel when you wake up. And here I'm saying don't trust it. I'm saying don't trust the way you interpreted it, not don't trust that something was coming to an end. It is about something coming to an end. God is dealing with something in your life that the season of wherever you've held on to that has kept you from experiencing more is coming to an end. That part of you does die, but it's not a literal thing. Because the last part of the dream is what's so cool. And that's why it carries so much emotion. That is an encounter. That's an experience with your creator. With you know, for, for us, that's an experience with Jesus. And when you recognize that, there's only one thing it can be speaking to. If it's not speaking to going, you know, to heaven and meeting him personally, <laughs> then there's only really one thing it can speak to. He's encountering you here for something to shift. So you're telling me that I have had an encounter with the Lord. Yes. And you don't, and see, one thing that's cool, you don't have to, like you you said several times, it was more an emotion. It was more a feeling. That's classic. Um, we actually talk about encounters with spiritual beings like angels or the Lord or things like that. We often refer to those as an encounter with a faceless person. Not because the person doesn't have a face, but because the emotions, the feelings, the experience has so much intensity, we either can't or don't recall or focus on the details of what they look like. So it's almost like if I said, could you describe his face? What would you say? No. Doesn't mean he didn't have one. But you couldn't give me a description. Oh, he had blue eyes and you know a beard. You don't know. And that's what we mean by faceless. Why would it be dark instead of bright? Great question. We have a tendency to assume that dark means bad and that light means good. There's a reason for that. First John, for Christians, First John says God is light. Mm-hmm. So light and color, we've talked about in some other podcasts, comes from God. And we expect light and color to be reflective of things that are of God. However, every metaphor has a positive and a negative. And we have multiple meanings, but there's positive meanings and negative meanings. And so every metaphor can be good or bad. Snakes aren't always bad. For example, in the Bible, uh, when the children of Israel had all got bitten by fiery serpents, there was a snake lifted up on a pole and that snake represented healing, not death. Mm-hmm. So every drink, because I use snakes because everybody thinks snakes are bad in drinks. Um, so every symbol has a positive and a negative. So black or dark, darkness, is another one of those places where we assume it's a negative. But there is a teaching in the Bible that says God surrounds himself with deep darkness. And what it means is, if you're light and you're perfect light, then anything you draw near to you is going to be dark. Mm-hmm. 
are darker than you are. So if he surrounds himself with deep darkness, he said he surrounds himself with everything he's created. He wants it near to him. But it's darkness compared to him. Okay? So we have that. Then we have the just metaphorical meaning of black or dark things. And that is, yes, it can be evil or it can be negative, but it can also be veiled, hidden, something waiting to be revealed. And that's what it is in this kind of a dream. You're walking into the situation, and the bed's dark, it's black, those sorts of things. But what's in the midst of it? Light. The light, the person, the man, the being that's there. And I'm, I'm, I bet I know the answer to this. When you saw the person in the bed, did your focus leave the black bed and go to the person, or did you stay aware of the black bed? No, it went to the head. Okay. Yep. Because I saw him before I ever touched him. He raised his head, and that's when I touched his face. Okay. So what I hear then is when his head raises in this dream, the black bed didn't matter anymore. Mm-mm. Yep. It's no. it's it, for all practical purposes, it may not have, may as well not have been there. So that is the idea of something hidden, because you didn't even know there was anybody in the bed to start with. No is revealed. And so that is a metaphor of black, what's veiled coming unveiled. So for you, that has to do with your encounter means that your experience with God is moving into a dimension and a place where things that have been veiled in the past are going to be more real in the present. Oh, wow. So That's awesome. It's cool. And, and it, it, it talks about moving into a deeper spiritual journey a more intimacy. The bed is a metaphor about intimacy. intimacy. Uh, the the careful, gentle touch to the face. It's it's romance. It's uh, and not next necessarily sexual romance. It's about though that's not necessarily a bad metaphor. Uh, Song of Solomon's full of stuff that we probably wouldn't want to read the kids sometimes, you know, uh, because it's just very. Uh, those are metaphors and pictures, but the cupped hand, it's this gentleness and romance of, of deep care uh, type thing. And so, so what you're seeing is all of those things are pictures of things have been ordinary, probably easier than you thought they were, and they're about to move into extraordinary. Things have been normal, they're about to move into supernatural and that doesn't mean like um, signs and wonders and yeah. stars falling from heaven and stuff. It, it's about that's about something internal, a shift that's going on in your relationship to uh, that becomes more personal, more intimate with your Creator. And that's really what the whole dream's about. So, not dying. We had a <clears throat> we sing a song at church called uh, "I'm a Child of God," mm-hmm. and there's a, a verse or a line in there. It says, "You knew me in my mother's womb." Um, love has called my name. Yeah. And we were singing that right after I had this dream, and I, the rest of the service, I just sat there saying, love has called my name. Yeah. Love has called my name. That's it. That's it. And it didn't have to be verbal. See, that song's was. a metaphor, and it was. It was very real. It was beyond just a dream. The metaphors in the dream led you to something that was very real, very personal, and very um, not dream dimension, real world impact. 
and that's why the song carries the meaning it did. To hear it right after, it affirms, or con, as Christian would say, it confirms. Well, that's what I felt like it was a confirmation that love had called my name because he did. He called my name and he said he loved me. Yep. So good. Oh, I yeah. love it. Amen. I love it too. <laughs> it's great. Well, we're out of time. I told you you were all worried about would you have it? Would we? Would we have? Uh, would we have enough to talk about for thirty minutes? I told her. I said we never have to worry about that. I talk enough yeah, you to talk cover enough. that. So, uh, but we're out of time for this week. Let me just remind everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us. Like, share, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. But also going to remind you this week that uh, coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks, we have another dream. Uh, mentoring program starting. We have uh, three different levels of dream mentorship. Uh, if you're interested in that, if you want to learn more about interpreting dreams, you can go out to our website, uh, mydreamstories.com, and there'll be a button or a, a, a place up at the top of that uh, screen, that first page of that screen that says uh, uh, Dream Sim classes begin April 22nd or something like that, I think is when it is. Uh, you can click on that. If you're watching this, after those classes have already started watching a replay of it, then we have those classes about once a quarter. We do about three terms of those a year. We have breaks in between them that take up the fourth quarter. But uh, there's a little bit of a cost to it, but we spend 12 weeks uh, going over dream interpretation and the principles and just working with you and giving you uh, recorded lessons, small group, uh, Zoom, video chat time, and then exercises and activities to work through to help you with dream interpretation. If you're interested in those, check out the website. We'd love to have you join us for one of our new series of classes. Otherwise, we've ended uh, uh, up with almost no time left. I think Lisa will be back with us next week. Until then, keep dreaming.